from the Kramer Basketball Headquarters in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You are listening to the Coach's Edge podcast, powered by CoachesEdge.coach. Here is your host, Steve Kramer. Welcome back for part two of our interview with official Chip Clark. Make sure you go back and listen to part one. Talked about illegal contact, emphasis on hand checks, on post play, on off ball play. And in this episode, we're talking about the emphasis on sportsmanship. We're talking about illegal uniforms, equipment, the apparel. We're talking about the pregame meeting that happens between officials and players, officials and coaches, and how that is really a vital, vital aspect of the game, really to help ensure that we're getting ourselves off on the right foot. Everybody has the same understanding, and we're all there for the same reason. We want this to be a a heck of a basketball game between two teams, two groups of coaches, and the officials who have all worked really hard uh, to make this game happen. So thank you to Chip for taking the time. Let's get to the show. Sportsmanship is a big topic for this upcoming upcoming season. I want to read a couple things from the 2022-2023 NFHS uh, sportsmanship. This is the anybody can go online you can find us sportsmanship or good sporting behavior is about treating one another with respect and exhibiting appropriate behavior it is about being fair honest and caring when these types of appropriate behavior occur competitive play is more enjoyable for everyone. now i'm going to skip down to the last two paragraphs in recent years a heightened level of unsportsmanlike behavior has been occurring by spectators at high school sporting events and it must be stopped The use of demeaning language or hate speech by students, parents, and others must cease. High school sports and other activities exist to lift people up, not demean or tear people down. You can put that one on a t-shirt. I love that. The goal is to treat everyone fairly and treat each other with respect. Again, that's gold. Any speech or harassment that is insulting, demeaning, or hurtful will not be tolerated. So I just love what the NFHS has has laid out for us to read here and to think about as we go into the season. Hopefully as coaches, we're relaying this to uh, parents, players, obviously our coaching staff uh, and community members alike. What are some things you want to touch on in this? Yeah, I mean, dude, the, the NFHS did a great job of making sportsmanship their number one point of emphasis this year, because they've identified, as you read, that there's been an increase, we've identified an increased level of unsporting behavior over recent years, and that's got to be stopped. All right. That's why they made it the number one point of emphasis this year. And one of the things that I wanted to bring up here um, that was also mentioned in there that you read is that they talk about coaches specifically in the point of emphasis, because the coaches are the tone setters, whether you guys like it or not, you're the tone setters for the sportsmanship level that, that occurs in the game. All right. Not just with your team, your individual team, but with all spectators. I can I can show you plenty of examples of game film that I've reviewed, of games that I've worked or whatever, that when you see that coach, that head coach start getting animated, the whole home fan base just starts getting irate and starts complaining about everything and arguing everything and yelling about everything and screaming profanity and all that stuff. You know, so it you guys, I know it's a big responsibility and I'm not trying to demean what like I know there's a lot that goes into coaching. And some of you may take the approach of like, man, I can't control what they do. 
in the stands. You know, I'm just one person. I got to focus on my team. It's during the game. And yes, you're absolutely right. You can't, that's what game administration is for to take care of spectators, but just know that your actions on the sideline influence the temperature of the game. I'll say it again. Your actions on the sidelines influence the temperature of the game. If you're hot about multiple calls and you're going nuts about multiple calls and getting out of your coach's box to, to yell at officials or ask them to come over or yell at them to come over so you can ask a question like, or the thing we see all the time is screaming across the court at a calling official, calling official called an out of bounds violation or another violation on the other side of the court. And you're trying to communicate with that official across the court. I mean, you have to yell to be able to communicate with them. So don't communicate with them then wait till they're over there and then ask them about that play. But if you're yelling across the court, that doesn't do anything for the respect of the game. It doesn't do anything for the game in general. I understand you may want an answer right there. And if it's an appropriate time, I'll switch with that official if they want to, so they can come over and answer your question, but you got to make sure you ask it respectfully. You know, I don't want you guys to think as coaches that the onus isn't on us as well as officials, because I would be remiss if I didn't say this. I have seen instances of officials actually exhibiting unsporting behavior as well. And they did address that at the NFHS level that all game participants, even the officials, should carry themselves with respect and integrity and dignity. Um, so I, I want you to know it's on our radar too. We need, they say in, in the sportsmanship uh, directive, they say that the game is better for all key stakeholders and the game is, is more enjoyable for everyone when the coaches, the head coach and the officials have a collaborative relationship and are able to communicate respectfully to each other to keep the game on the rails. Okay. You're working together. Nothing, you're working, yeah, working together. You're, you're a team, right? And, yeah. and the players are a part of that as well. I mean, you got the coaches, you have the players, you have the officials. And if we can not look at this as we're combating one another, right? But we're trying to, work together to make everything flow so that our kids, our teams, our, our school, our community can do the things that they want to do, which is a, a positive opportunity, uplifting people, doing something that they like to do, playing the best sport in the world, the game of basketball. Yes. And that's something that we need to continue to promote and, uh, you know, not be, you know, butting heads, uh, sort of speak, you know, we're all on the same team in, in that sense. The officials are coming into the game. They want things to go smoothly too. And I don't want this to seem like, you know, we're putting any blame on any coaches. I mean, no, no. You, you guys are gold. I mean, you're, you're, you're sacrificing, you know, probably 20 plus hours a week this time of year into your team and your program, the time and sacrifice. Prep, yeah. you're not doing it for the money, right? You're doing it for the love. You're doing it for the kids. You're doing it for the community. Um, and so props to you for, for doing that. But what Chip said about the impact and the power that you have is huge because as you mentioned before, Chip, there's been clips online that have gotten me fired up because I leave myself asking, when did it become not enough to dunk it? When did it become not enough to block somebody's shot? When did it become not enough to, to get that and one that we talked about? When did it become not enough to do that? Where in addition to that stellar play, I also have to demean somebody else. I have to make somebody feel lower with my words, with my actions, with my body language because of the nice play that I may have just made or even that one of my teammates may have just played. You coaches have so much power, right? And I, th I think it's never been harder to be a high school coach. Mm -hmm. I think 
given the circumstances that we live in with the the pandemic going back, like this, this had an effect, right? If your kids weren't in school for a long time, like we're still seeing like th- there's probably still, you know, frustration that we, we probably won't know some of the effects this had until five, 10, 20 years down the road, right? Mm-hmm. You throw in social media and how quickly it is to try to bring somebody down with a quick couple statements on an Instagram or a Twitter post. And I feel like we bring some of those types of behaviors and frustrations out onto the court where it becomes beyond, hey, I made a nice play. Hey, my teammate made a nice play. It's not enough. We also needed to mean and make somebody else feel bad about themselves. This is a coaching podcast. Coaches, you have power to change that, maybe more than anybody else. All right. So that's just something that from from doing what I do, I'd encourage you to to try to nip that in the bud, especially at the at the beginning of the season. That's my two cents. Steve, I really appreciate you advocating for this, you know, from a coach's standpoint, because, you know, like, and I'll just tie it, I'll tie it to this real quick. All right. Um, coaches, I don't want a situation for you where your games end up having to be canceled at some point because there's a shortage of officials and you can't get officials to cover your games. It's ha- It's going to happen. It's going to happen if we keep staying on this trend. In fact, even if we start to curtail it now and have better sportsmanship, you know, gradually over the over the course of the next few years, there's still going to be a time in the next few years where you can't have a game because you can't get an official to cover that game. I promise, because the it's an alarming rate at which officials are quitting. And the number one reason they quit that they give is poor behavior by adults. And by the and by this uh, players. Adults as in spectators, coaches, and um, and players on the court. And we don't want that to happen. We love Steve, myself, all of us listening. We love the game of basketball. I want to, I, there's no place I'd rather be. My wife, you know, laughs at me for saying this. She's like, you wouldn't rather be with me? There's no place I'd rather be during basketball season than out on the basketball court officiating a game. And guess what, coaches? Despite what you may think sometimes, officials are not your opponent. We're not your opponent. We're not your enemy. In fact, we don't care who wins that game. I hate to break it to you. We don't. You know, um, we don't care who wins that game that night. We just want a safe and fair contest that's enjoyable for everyone, everyone participating or watching as a spectator. And we want to officiate the best that we can to be consistent across the board. We're humans. We make mistakes from time to time. Sometimes we're in a bad position and we can't see something. Sometimes somebody runs right in front of us and gives us a stacked look and they're literally running right in front of us at a pivotal time on a play where a player a player's gathering the ball into a finishing move and I can't identify the pivot foot in that moment. It happens sometimes. Sometimes you can see the play better than I can. It should occur rarely, but rarely that's the case, but sometimes it happens, all right? I'm not saying that we don't make mistakes, we do. And I'm not saying that you can't, have a quick reaction to something. I I know I'm an emotional person. All right. And it takes everything in me as an official to curtail that and take emotion out of it because that's difficult. I was an emotional player. I know coach, if I was a coach, I would be an emotional coach, a quick outburst, as long as it's not profanity or crossing the line. And then you can't calm down. Like we understand that happens because there's ebbs and flows in the game. There's high moments and low moments. We understand that, but constantly badgering the official, constantly asking him about calls or questioning his calls throughout the game, persistent in that, or outburst where you're out of your coach's box and you're yelling 
as an official, like those things, we can't continue to do those as coaches. All right. We just can't. All right. Uh, most officials, I will say most that I know anyway. Um, and maybe some of you are saying it's not this way in my area. Okay. I get it. But just think maybe it could be because of that gap has not been bridged between you and this particular official. And that relationship has not been built or strengthened um, with positive you know, reinforcement. But maybe you're going to say coaches or official. I can't talk to my officials in my area. They won't even let me ask them questions. All right. First of all, ask yourself why that might be the case. I always do this. When somebody says that they can't do something or whatever that I'm involved with, I always ask myself, is it because of something I did? Could I do anything to improve this situation myself? And most of the time, I promise you, if you try to act right, or if you try to ask the right questions, if you try to you know, be strategic in how you approach the officials, most of the time they'll be accommodating enough to, at the dead ball or an appropriate situation, be able to answer your question real quick and then get back to work. That's another thing I'll say about this. If you're asking a question of an official during a dead ball, just know we have limited time. We're not, the, these people didn't come to pay to see the officials, but they definitely didn't see us come you know, paid it. They didn't pay their money to come see us talk to a coach on the sideline and hold up the game, you know? So just know we got to get back to work. Once we answer that, if you want to keep asking question on question on question, we're not going to be able to do that unless you call a timeout. All right. And even then we're going to need to talk by your bench. Don't be coming out onto the court after you call a timeout and trying to talk to us at center court, you know, in front of everybody for everybody to see. No, you know, just basically it boils down to this and to what Steve said in the NFHS, directive and point of emphasis this year we want this game that we love to go off without a hitch it's not going to be that way every night but it should not be because adults can't control their emotions all right it should not be because adults can't control their emotions i know it's a big exciting game we love the game of basketball but we should be able to control our emotions enough as adults you, you guys, I'll say this, Steve. Coaches, do you not expect officials to control our emotions? What if I flew off the handle at you the same way you've flown off the handle at me? How would that go? But, but, but there's a lot of coaches out there that expect us to control our emotions while they're yelling at us and screaming in profanity at us or this, that, and the other. But then they want to call us soft if we give them a technical foul. Hang on. Wait a second. If I did the same thing to you, I'd get run out of the gym. I'd need a police escort out to my car. And guess what? I would be wrong for yelling at you that way. I'm never going to tell you how to do your job. All right. And I'm not saying don't tell me how to do mine. I'm not that kind of guy. You know what I mean? I, I think that we can coexist on a basketball court or in a game. I think we can coexist and have a good functioning relationship for the good of the game and for the good of your players that night. And for all key stakeholders, yeah. I, I'm just dumb enough to think that that's possible. Mm -hmm. Let's give it a try this year. Let's that's all it. I'm asking. Just give yeah. it a try. Let's try to tell our team we are not going to be that team that that continu continually gripes and complains about calls. I'm going to try not to be that coach that that yells a bunch about calls or that criticizes the officials. I want us to focus on what we can control on that court and anything out of our control the chips fall where they may. I'm going to fight for you guys. I know that's always a big talking point with coaches. I'm going to fight for you guys. And if there's a moment where I feel I need to talk to the officials, I'll talk to the officials. But I'm going to try to do, do so respectfully, and I'm asking the same thing of you guys. Carry ourselves with integrity, with dignity, and most of all, respect for the game that we love. 
I love it. I love it. Chip, we've been going for a while, but uh, I wanted to, and I want to be respectful of your time uh, and thank our listeners for for taking the time to listen to this. But I, you mentioned that you want to talk real quickly on the pregame meeting, right? And some of the point emphasis that might be, you know, the uniforms, equipment, apparel, anything of that nature before we finish out this episode. Oh yeah. So, um, so coaches, you guys have been to, most of you guys have been to countless coaches and captains meetings with the officials before the start of every game. I don't know how it's done in your areas or in your states, but for the most part, it's usually a pretty generic meeting, you know, where they go over, you know, they ask you questions like, are your players legally and properly equipped? Yes, we need to be asking you that. So just to, for this year, no, there's a couple of other uniform directives that we've gotten. Study up on those. Make sure that your, your players are conforming to those rules um, and stuff like that. But when we ask you those, we'll also ask you to, you know, or we've also been directed that we're not really supposed to go to the player now and tell them to remove jewelry or, you know, to change their undershirt or ask them to do that. We've been directed now to go strictly to you, the head coach. So we're going to be going to you now in pregame warmups. If we identify jewelry, illegal sleeves um, on their arms or legs, illegal wristbands or anything like that. Too many manufacturers logos on an undershirt wrong color undershirt, all that stuff. Just know <laughs> at the end of the day, we hate being the uniform police, but we've been instructed to enforce the rules as written. So at the end of the day, do us a big favor, please read those uniform rules as mundane as they might be and make sure your players are legally or legally and properly equipped at the start of the game, at the start of warmups and throughout the entire game so that we don't have to be the uniform police out there. There's nothing, we hate nothing more. I, I literally hate telling a kid to tuck his shirt till in, but it's the rules. And if he continues to pull it out after I tell him to tuck it in and I see him intentionally pull it out, we're going to ask you for a substitute for that. Not ask you, we're going to say, I need a substitute because by rule it's supported. We can ask that player to leave the game until they can conform to the uniform rules. All right. So just don't be surprised if that happens. Also don't be surprised from a, this is something else I cover in pregame meetings is your bench decorum. All right. So with coaches, your bench decorum, we've talked about sportsmanship. I won't rehash that, but just know your assistant coaches. And I tell this to our coaches in our coaches meeting before the game, I say, coaches, you know, we're, and now you've heard this before. I don't want it to sound like a cliche, but we are approachable. It, me as an official, I'm approachable. If you do it at the right time, you ask me a question, I answer it. And then we move on and get back to work. Both of us. Right. But I'll, I'll let them know we're approachable. I'll, coach, if you have a question during the appropriate situation, appropriate time, I'll be happy to answer it. After I answer it, we got to get back to work, though, okay? And then I'll also let them know I'm not I'm, – I'm okay during a timeout if you need to send your assistant coach to ask me a question. But that's the only time your assistant coach should be talking to us. I communicate with you and you only, Coach, um, talking to the head coach, all right? So make sure you guys are instructing your assistant coaches. And I'll even, I'll even solicit – um, the coaches to ask for help on these things with unit with stuff as mundane as uniforms. No head coach wants to be notified about uniform infractions throughout the game. They're focused on the, you're focused on the game coach. I know you don't want to do that. You're worried about that. You also, I know it's a big um, hot topic with you guys and, and something you don't really care for when officials have to tell your, your players on your bench to sit down. All right. So what I say in my coaches' meetings to coaches is, head coach, I know you guys don't want to do these things. I know they're ticky-tack things to you guys that you think, you know, would be better off if we didn't have them in the game or in the rules. I get it. We got to enforce the rules. 
So could you do, do me a favor? I know you're caught up in the game. Could you get one of your assistant coaches to monitor that for you and stay on top of it? You know, one of your assistant coaches that you trust to, to hey, if you see your player, your players on the bench, your bench personnel can stand and react to a, a positive or exciting play by their teammate. That is allowed per the rules. But it also says they need to immediately sit back down. Are officials sometimes too quick to say, hey, hurry, get back down? Yeah, maybe. You know, give them a couple seconds. You know, give them a few seconds to celebrate. You know what I mean? And sit back down. They can't be standing during live ball action, though. So as soon as that ball is inbounded, they've got to sit back down. All right? So have an assistant coach, coaches. Have your assistant coach monitor that for you. You know, if I was a head coach, I would absolutely do that because I don't want to be focused on that crap. You know what I mean? I don't need to be turning around asking my players to sit down all the time. You know, that's going to annoy them. It's going to annoy me. I'm trying to coach, right? So help us out with those things. Um, and then, you know, we, we obviously, your coach's boxes. If you're in a state that has a coach's box where you can stand inside your coach's box, I always tell our coaches, hey, listen, I know if I was you, there's, been ex there's exciting times in the game where there's times you're wanting to coach your kids up on the other end of the court and you may accidentally drift outside your coach's box. If you do that, just don't be surprised when we tell you you need to get back in your coach's box because you know, it's going to happen. I'm going to tell you to get back in your coach's box, but be mindful of it because if it continues to happen, we've got to penalize with a technical foul eventually. So just try to mind your coach's box. We don't want that. You know, so those are things in the pregame meeting that we'll talk to. And then when we talk to players, you know, I really just emphasize sportsmanship. I actually talk to the – we get the coaches and captains together. I actually talk to the captains first so that they can get back to warming up because you guys know high school kids just as well as I do, or if not more, their attention span is like zilch. So, like, if I'm if they're standing there while I'm talking to the coaches, they're not hearing a single word I'm saying. So I try to get that out of the way first with the, the players, the captains first. I always address sportsmanship with them as the number one priority. And I let them know our crew and I here tonight are going to miss some things from time to time. Your reactions to the plays should be minimal. Um, your reactions to calls should be none. If you have a question about a call, man, come. you're the speaking captain for a reason. You're the leader come talk to me during a dead ball and I'll answer your question for you, man. I want to keep the game on the rails. I want you guys to have an enjoyable night, all of you. But then I also tell them this, you're the, you're the leaders of your team for a reason. You're the captains for a reason. You know your players better than we do. You know your teammates better than we do as officials. So if you see them start to disrespect the game, disrespect their opponent, show any kind of taunting or anything like that, that's going to be bad for the game. It, you may not think it's bad. You may think it's all chill and good. But if you see them start to argue calls or this, that, and other, go get them. Go talk to them for us. We don't want to have to do that because we have to penalize with technical fouls if it gets too far. So we always encourage the the uh, captains to, to you know, and empower them, really, to try to have control of their team while they're out there. And you're building a positive line of communication with with the players, which is which is great as well. Uh, Chip, this and I try to I try to look at uh, one more thing on that. I try yeah. to. I, I I think a lot of people may not coaches may not know this, but one of the things I say last I said last night in my pregame meeting is my first high school game of the season. I've already worked like 15 college games. But last night was my first one of the high school season. So after I welcomed them, you know, to the start of the season, I said, I know you guys have been putting in a lot of preparation and I, you're excited to see it come to fruition. Same thing with us. We've been preparing as officials in the offseason. And we're excited to get this out of the way. We've been trying to better ourselves to be the best we can for y'all because y'all deserve it. Y'all deserve our best. So I say that too. And I want coaches to know not all high school officials are just show up to get the money. There's a lot of us out there that actually prepare 
And so when I come to the game, my pregame meeting is different for every coaches and captains meeting that I do because it's based on what I know about those teams already because I've already done my research. I've already reviewed film. Also, I like to be on a first-name basis with the captains. So I've learned who the captains are ahead of time when I can. You know, like if they list them on max preps or whatever, I learn the captain's name so I can actually refer to them by their first name instead of calling them their number because it's more personal. I do the same thing with coaches. You know, I'm okay with you calling me my first name. I, if, if until I know you, I'm not going to call you by your first name as a coach. I'll call you coach first in high school specifically just because, you know, mutual respect type thing. But, you know, if, if I feel comfortable with you enough to, for you to call me my first name, me to call you yours, like I want to be on a first name basis because it's more personal. It, it brings the humanity into the game. So last night, the one of the captains was was uh, Alex for one team, and one of the captains was Kerbin. I already know them. I've worked at their games before. So if I have something on the court that I need to tell them about their team, I call, hey, Kerbin, come here real quick. Kirk, come here real quick. And I talk to him personally. He's like, all right, thanks. You know, and he'll tell him, hey, Alex, can you help me out with something real quick? I see number 23 setting this. He's dangerously close to this illegal screen over here. Can you help me out with that? Tell him to set it legally. Yeah, I got you. I got you, Chip. You know, and then we get back to it. So the more that we can have these type of relationships and the humanity put back into the game, the better we can be. Oh, I love it. And the, the first name is big, right? I mean, everybody appreciates being called by their first name or their first, you know, nickname or like my mom calls me Steve. Nobody else calls me Steve. Everybody else calls <laughs> me Steve, right? So, I mean, it just, it just goes, a it goes a long way. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about how coaches can follow you. Yeah, guys, I'm on um, I'm active on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Twitter mostly is where I post most of my stuff. And and if you see my stuff on Twitter, usually it's I, I don't talk about any I don't bring politics into anything. I don't talk anything but basketball. That's it. That's the only reason I use it. And it's really just to try to educate people on the rules of basketball for any given league and any given level of basketball because I'm just crazy enough, like I've said in the past, to think that a more educated coaching base on the rules, more educated fan base, more educated ref base on the rules leads for better for everybody, you know? Um, so I, I feel that's key. So that's what I focus on on Twitter and Instagram, mostly Twitter. So you can follow me at, on Twitter at official chip C. So official and then C-H-I-P and then the letter C. Awesome. We'll put and, and I always in, post uh, the rule. I always copy and paste. Yeah, cool. I always copy and paste the uh, or screenshot the rule. If I'm talking about a specific play and it's a question about the rule, I'll go to the rule book on my phone, highlight the applicable portion, screenshot it, and then put that exact rule and give you the rule code so you can look it up if you want to in your, your NFHS rule book. I do that with all the different leagues too, FIBA, NBA, uh, NCAA men's and women's. Yeah, you do do that. And I highly recommend following Chip on – social media on Twitter, um, great way to continue to improve your IQ and understanding of the game as a player, as a coach, as another official. It's all a community member who loves basketball, anything, a really good follow. So this was this was great, man. This was this was a coach's clinic right here. I appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time to be on the coach's edge. Man, thanks for letting me hang on so long. You know I'm super long-winded, so thanks for hanging with me while I was going over specific points. And anybody passion, who's still man. listening, yeah, it. anybody who's still listening, man, thanks for sticking in with us. Hopefully you were able to gain something out of this. And, man, I I enjoyed being on here, Steve. I always enjoy being on with you. And I look forward to coming back next year if you'll have me. Let's, uh, let's put a date on it for sure. Thank you guys for listening to the Coach's Edge podcast. Appreciate you. Get after it today.